Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, new sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's going to be better than today. Everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here in Portland on AM860, the Golf News Network, iHeart uh, 24-7 Golf Channel, and an assortment of stations around the West and Midwest here. I'm JT. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also Birdie Ball. Uh, Birdie Ball in 2002, or 22, I mean, was rated the best uh, portable putting mat for your golf practice in your office when you're supposed to be working. Anyway, that's Birdie Ball. You can check them out at birdieball.com. Well, um, Kay Cockrell is back. Kay, of course, is an NBC uh, that kind of bleeds over into Golf Channel, on-course reporter and commentator, former LPGA player, two times two times women's amateur champ, and two times All-American at UCLA. Welcome back. Great to be here with you. So I got to say, I and we were talking about this before we started the show. I was really impressed with uh, the the Women's Open at Pebble Beach. And one of the things I was really impressed with being an old media hack is how much primetime they got. I thought that was so impressive. And the golf was great. So nobody could say, well, it was kind of as some people do in our world. But I just thought it was fantastic. I thought you and your your crew, your NBC crew there, did a great job. So first of all, congratulations. And secondly, I'd like to get your take on the Open. I, I still, I just keep, you know, we're three days removed from it. And I just keep going back to the whole week and how tremendous it was from start to finish. Um, just the smiles on all the players' Bases and for me being a NorCal product, yeah, super proud to have the women's open finally at Pebble Beach. And we can sit there and and lament the fact that it hadn't been there forever and it should have been there probably 30 years ago, but right, better late than never. And I think the women really just appreciated the fact they were walking on a historical golf course. And we all know how many people throughout the, the entire world know of Pebble Beach and they know the holes and they, they dream of playing out there one day. Um, and so for them to be able to watch the women walk the steps, walk the fairways, play seven, eight, you know, down 17, 18, the holes that we've seen the men play. I just was really proud of women's golf and where it's at. And I was very proud of the USGA for bringing it there and proud for Pebble Beach and how they they just they just made the event first class from top to bottom for the entire week. The excuse me, the USGA, they always have this little way of making things tougher um, we've noticed over the years in their opens. But they did they have to do a lot to Pebble? 
I mean, from from a viewer, I, I just a viewer on this one. Um, it didn't look like they had to do too much, except maybe they emphasize some of the blind shots and you know some of the landing areas may have been a little different. Kind of give us your your feel of that as you were walking around. Shannon Roulard, who was the lead official and and setup person, did a phenomenal job. And she she doesn't leave any stone unturned. She talked to a lot of players, men, men and women who'd played there in the past. She talked to Gary Woodland and he took her through what all the clubs he hit coming in on his final day to win the U.S. Open there. She talked to players during practice rounds. And I think it was really fed up, set up very fairly. And they actually tried to set it up very close to how it played for the the previous um, Open that Gary won. They were, you know, they they had the fairways just about the same. Now, the greens were maybe a little softer, but that's because we had this super wet winter. Mm-hmm. And also just had this incredible cloud cover that, you know, the overcast was, was in... Um, several weeks and even the the early part of the week we didn't see the sun until saturday and sunday so the greens were just a hair softer although they firmed up quite a bit when the wind started blowing but i think all in all the um the course played very similarly to how it does for the men it's just the, the men play it a little differently because of their extra distance and particularly like 18 um the men when they hit a good drive there have a chance to go for it in two the women really weren't able to get there in two at all, even even when the wind was down. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, when it's coming in right off the ocean, so to speak, uh, you never know what you're going to get. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, exactly. Because it can swirl. It can be high. It can be low. And it's it's always kind of a crapshoot, so to speak, um, on what they're what they're going to be able to hit there. But I overall. <clears throat> Excuse me, Kay. Um, I thought it was great. How did the the general public uh, receive it? Um, did you guys get a lot of really good comments? I'm sure there was some kind of eh ones in there too. There always is, but I would think it was, you know, a 95% thumbs up from the general public. Definitely. I mean, the ratings were up significantly since last year. I think it was one of the most highly rated um, women's U.S. Women's Open since 2014. And that doesn't surprise me because that's when Michelle won. And of course, Michelle moves the needle. Um, The fans, there were a lot of fans out there. It was well attended. The I got an overwhelming sense of just enthusiasm and joy. Of course, people love going out to Pebble Beach. They love going out there and just walking or mm-hmm. just plop down, you know, up there where six and eight kind of come together and you can sit up there on the hill. And that's where they had food trucks and people were just sitting there and enjoying the golf or just I noticed a lot of people just sitting down at seven at the par three and just watching group after group come through, but really well received. And of course, when we're on prime time in the East coast and you alluded to it, I mean, we had 26 hours of television coverage, 12 hours on the weekend of NBC with minimal, if any commercials, especially right. down the last hour, which I think people really appreciated too. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Um, I, um, I watch all the majors like most people. And I try, I actually watch the LPGA more than I watch the, the men's tour 
that's just me, but I find it more the golf more fluid and um I think the women of course I've covered LPGA up here in the Northwest for many many years but I'm a real fan and uh I just thought the players did great they all seemed to have a little bounce in their step the first couple of days <laughs> they uh and I noticed a couple of times they you got on camera not just for your reports but there was a couple of things where uh you kind of stepped in real quietly and, and kind of helped them with a ruling or something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, it just was the players just loved every step of it. And why wouldn't you, I think even the players that missed the cut, they were so bummed out that they didn't get to play pebble for two more days. Yeah. <laughs> and the prize money was great too. That was 11, $11 million. I mean, the most ever 2 million to the winner. And I think last place was 20 grand. And also if you missed the cut, you got $8,000 and the amateurs got their expenses paid for. Well, that's, that's uh, phenomenal. I, you got to hand it to Mike Juan and his crew for that, I think, because um, he's really uh, a hard charger on that. You know, from the outward view, you know him. I don't. I met him one time, but he seems like a very nice guy, very kind of casual and all that. But I think behind those eyes, there's a guy that's very focused in and and uh, uh, what I want to say, directed to do his uh, best for uh, something like this. Well, I felt like when he became the CEO um, of the or the the top dog at USGA, it was going to be very beneficial for women's golf. I mean, he was the commissioner at the LPJ for over ten years, so you knew that he going forward, um, the the growth, the constant continual growth of women's golf and junior golf, particularly young girls, was always going to be a, an important number one on his agenda. Yeah, it really was. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Kay Cockrell from NBC right here on Grilling at the Green. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. Um, we've got Kay Cockrell from NBC with us today. Uh, I want to tell you something. Usually we talk about golf only on this show, but I want to tell you about my friend Leanne Whippen. Uh, she's a Hall of Famer in the barbecue world. This is from my other show. Kay, if you don't know, I do a syndicated show called Barbecue Nation. And uh, Leanne has a, a great product, pig powder. <laughs> you go to pigpowder.com and order it. And uh, it's great stuff. I use it all the time on my TV stuff. So do that. But anyway, let's get back and talk with Kay Cockrell some more from NBC. What was uh, what was the biggest highlight for you in covering last week? Oh, that's uh, that's I think that's that's hard to say. <laughs> yeah. I you know what? I think just um, 
actually being out there on the course and having the bit one of the biggest stages uh having the women play on one of the biggest stages um you know everything that happened last week was a first because it was the first you know major championship for women played at at pebble so i wasn't there i didn't see it in person but ng chun making a hole in one on sunday there was only a hole in one but she was the first one to do it and that's going to go down in the history books um nasa hataoka shooting a 66 on saturday and then charlie hall with her big big charge to the finish shooting 66 so those that was a course record for that championship at pebble beach i mean of course rose zhang had established a women's course record um last year at a collegiate event she shot a 63 but that was from a, a slightly you know probably a couple hundred yards shorter course yeah so for college golf um you know, there were just a lot. I think if we went through the highlights of just the amazing shots that players made, I mean, <laughs> I even think of um, Anya Donegan, the amateur, who had made a nine on the eighth hole on Saturday and came back and hit the green in regulation on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, those are the kind of things that golf does to you. I mean, it, it's, you, you can just hit the lows of lows and and make a triple quad can triple can triple whatever five over or four over on a hole and then come back with a birdie or a par the next day and you shave off four or five shots and it just makes you feel so wonderful oh yeah it's an addictive thing <laughs> even even at the lowest uh levels that I play at I mean like you said you could <laughs> You walk off with a snowman and then the next day birdie the damn thing. And you just are thinking, yeah, I've got this. <laughs> and- well, and another thing is just Alison Corpus. I mean, I just was so proud of her and her ability to hold it together and play her game on the championship weekend. Right. I mean, a lot of people think you have to do something miraculous on Sunday to win, but it comes down to just hitting solid golf shots and making those crucial putts. And she's a no nonsense kid grew up in Hawaii, blue collar family, um, part of Hawaii state junior golf association. And here she is winning her first big professional event and it. It's the women's us open at Pebble beach. And I just was really proud of her. I'm good friends with Mary B Porter King, who played on the LJ tour. She served executive committee she's a rules official she started that hawaii state junior golf association because she wanted kids from hawaii to have the chance to get to the mainland and play these big events she created qualifiers in hawaii so that the kids over there didn't have to pay the expense and the flights to get to the mainland to try to qualify for usga events and here's one of her kids winning the u.s women's open and it was it was super cool oh that's great you know Kay, i just realized something hold on here i don't know where it went i thought i should be i should be having that in the green screen behind me (laughs) to do that today so my bad on there um do you get tired at the end of a round i mean you do i get tired yeah because you're packing the if you don't know this folks Kay's wearing headsets with antennas sticking out of them and she's got a belt pack that's uh kind of like you're in boot camp marching with 60 pounds on type thing it's got to be a little tiring at times actually that belt pack is now a backpack i put it all in a backpack because it's more ergonomic and it's just a lot better for the functionality of my body 
Um, but yeah, I get it. I've, I've been exhausted the last two days just because we were on from one to eight past eight o'clock each day on Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, 12 hours. And it's, you know, you have to keep it together. You got to, I'm looking at the yardages. I'm thinking about how, you know, they're going to play the shot. I'm listening to the show. I'm listening to my producer. You're just on like the entire time. And then being in an environment in Northern California, where I ran into a lot of friends and, and uh, people in the golf business that I know. So I just was constantly interacting with people and, um yeah at the end of the day i was really exhausted and um i'm starting to come out of that that coma now on uh, the third day of of uh away from the u.s women's open oh man it's that's got to be tiring um just the mental aspect of it may always making the call giving the description doing that keeping up um i i don't i don't think i could do it honestly well a lot of people and you know half or half of our crew is in a booth so they're mm-hmm. in a protect, a protected studio temperature controlled you know with food and drink at their fingertips we always one of the the folks in the booth that they have the cush life but i'd rather be out on the golf course walking with the players and interacting with the fans and feeling the wind and the heat and the cold and just the elements i i love being active i love walking i hike a lot my husband and i are traveling around in an airstream and we're roaming the u.s and we're hitting national parks and um so I'm I'm just very athletic and and active by nature. So for me, I want to be out on the course walking. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you miss everything if you don't, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the guys in the booth, a lot of people don't know this, but the guys in the booth are looking at monitors the yep. whole time. You're looking at the real thing, the the people, the clubs, the caddies, the whole thing. So it's got to be uh, a lot more what should I say, elevating to be out there with them? Well, even for instance, John Wood was working with us last week and he was in the group ahead with Hyoju Kim and she had some some sort of substance ended up being on her golf, on her grips. And it was really bizarre, like what's going on? And her caddy ended up dumping out the whole bag and there was some old piece of fruit down at the bottom of the bag that was oozing stuff onto her grip. (laughs) And, you know, he was there to recognize that this was an issue and he got to the bottom of it. And you need people, you need foot soldiers to shout some of these strange occurrences. Yeah. (laughs) I saw that picture of the caddy dumping the bag. Yeah. That was kind of like, what's going on there? Anyway, we're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Kay Cockrell from NBC right after this. Don't go away. Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Again, we'd like to thank the folks at Birdie Birdie Ball and Painted Hills Natural Beef for supporting this show. Don't forget, you can uh, catch this show uh, Saturdays at noon on the iHeart Golf News Net radio network. And, uh, of course, we're on all the platforms. Way too many for me to consider reading them at this point. Um, But we've got Kay Cockrell with us from NBC. 
was this the best tournament you ever covered? Okay. You think I'd, I'd say it, it, it's top, top five. Okay. And, um, edging towards, uh, t- no. towards number one, uh, I have to say being at Muirfield last year for the AIG women's open was historical and monumental. And that was just so cool. Uh, the women's U S open at Olympic club a couple years ago at my right. home course was extraordinary. Um, the Solheim cups that I've covered are always tremendous. And I worked the Ryder cup last year. Um, last time was that last year. I can't even remember if it was last year or a year and a half ago, uh, in whistling Straits, And that was, that was phenomenal as well. Well, uh, I gotta think it was a highlight. Had you, you had played Pebble personally, mm-hmm. hadn't you? I played it quite a bit growing up. Uh-huh. Uh, it was part of Northern California Junior Golf Association, and they had a really neat um, opportunity. If you won a, a junior golf tournament that was part of the NorCal Junior Golf Association, you got to play Pebble Beach the day after Christmas in the Tournament of Champions. And so that was just, I, I, I still remember just walking onto that golf course for the first time. Couldn't believe I was out there and what a perk. And everyone, of course, played hard all year so that you could be at that tournament. Um, I also played just one time in the women's state amateur. I played in 1986. The last year it was played at Pebble. It had been played at Pebble for decades and it was moving to Quail Lodge. So I wanted to make sure I got out there to play it. And I lost in the semifinals. Um, And then a couple of times in college tournaments, San Jose State hosted a tournament at Fort Ord, and we were able to play the final round at Pebble Beach. And then I played it a couple of times just socially for fun. Um, Haven't played it much in the last 15 years, but I was very fortunate in my formative years to play it multiple times. So give us a comparison. How did when you were able to play Pebble, how did your shots stack up next to (laughs) <laughs> you can't compare at all because with different clubs i mean shoot that was in the 80s the early mid 80s into the late you know late 80s and now these these women are so good they hit it so far um you know bailey tardy who who ended up having a phenomenal tournament was leading after 36 holes her average driving distance on the lpj tour is 277 yards and no, the players weren't hitting it quite as far that week at, at Pebble, which is understandable because honestly, they were taking three woods and hybrids off some of the tee boxes as well, but also the heavy air, the heavy coastal air. You just don't yeah. hit it as far, but no, you can't compare. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I would ask, you know, nice. I, I, I just wanted to know if you would, you know, when you're standing behind them before they hit a shot and they're saying they've got a seven iron and you'd say to well, yourself. I'd hit, I, I'd hit a five. <laughs> I will say that I've always been a, a really good putter and putting was always a strength of my game. And that's what you do have to putt very well out there. And what people don't understand is when you're whole high or above these small tilted greens, you just have to putt so defensively. And it looks like you're being, um, you know, kind of a scaredy cat by leaving the putt shy just below the hole, maybe a few inches away. But no, that was a really good putt because you just left yourself a tap in. What you don't want out there yeah. is relentless three, four, five footers for par. <laughs> that, you know, whew, that'll drive you insane. What was going on with uh, like Lexi and uh, Nelly? They, they, yeah. had a, they had a really tough time. Yeah, disappointing. And Jin Young Co, you know, through. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number one player in the world. They 
if she's she missed the cut lexi missed the cut um nelly didn't have her best stuff i think she shot an 80 on sunday i don't know if it was just the venue and the the maybe they were trying too hard a lot of pressure on those american players lexi and nelly to be that to be the next one to lift a major trophy i mean everyone wants an american winner which we did get but we got in an unlikely a more unlikely player in allison corpus who is very understated she's not flashy she doesn't have um the eyeballs on her and maybe that is what it took is someone kind of slipping in there with lower expectations than than all these you know, top 10 players in the Rolex rankings who, quite frankly, just played poorly. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, I understand that. Um, I come from a competitive background, but not so much golf. But, you know, you're going to have an off day. You're going to you're going to hit some bad shots. You're going to do that. And I think you're right. I think everybody everybody was rooting for him expecting those two to especially those two to be in the in the run at the end on Sunday you know? I mean they were part of uh, our digital feature coverage they had all the cameras on them the entire time eyeballs on them they had probably the biggest crowds that wanted to come out and watch them play and yeah I just think I I just think they not only the out outside pressure but their own internal expectations and pressure was so high they have to figure out a way to just kind of relax that attitude and and come in with um i don't know a little bit lower expectations because certainly they have the talent to do oh, it yeah. but who can execute when the green light's on is uh, lexi's putting getting better i know that's kind of a standard question and you see it up close um and I, and I'm not dissing on her. I'm not. Uh, but that's what, if you read the stuff online there, they usually kind of get after her a little bit for her putting, but I don't know. It's a, to me as a spectator, <clears throat> I think she's doing a lot better with it. She is. And she works very hard on it. Um, but I think when, when crunch time comes, even in, in tournaments back nine on Sunday, her nerves just, I don't know if it's nerves or just she falls into the bad habits or maybe she doesn't have like that really true 100% confidence in her capability. And so her weakness um, comes through, comes yeah. through that and it comes through sometimes on her little, little chip shots too, where she gets a little nervy. What was the best shot you saw, if you can pick one? Hmm. Gosh, um, that's a good question. Well, one of the really good shots was Allison Corpus hitting on Saturday out of 15. She hit it in a fairway bunker on the left, and she was kind of at the back side of the bunker, hit a six iron out of there onto the green and had a birdie putt of about 15 feet where, you know, I she almost she caught it just a teeny bit heavy, but. It, she landed it in just the right spot. That was that was phenomenal. Um, and and that really could have been a moment where things turned around for her in a negative way. But she, because she pulled that off, it just kept her positive momentum going. And and you know how much this game relies on momentum. Yes. Um, I thought the exchange. I didn't see it, but the exchange with Charlie Hull and her caddy on 18 on the 72nd hole on Sunday, when she was underneath the cypress tree trying to 
trying to go for it, figure out whether she, well, she was going to go for it. Cause she just is so aggressive. She's like, I'm three shots back. I got to go for it. And she could have played safe and ensured that she made a par because she risked, risked, you know, bringing in bogey or, or worse into play right. by going for it. But um, what did she say? Shy kids don't get the sweets. <laughs> I was like an English <laughs> yeah. saying that, you know, you got to go for it. Like if you, if you hold back, you're not going to get the, uh, the payoff at the end. And I really like that men- mentality and the fact she went for that shot. She did put on a splendid show on Sunday with her charge. So, mm-hmm. so to speak, you know, I just because you just kind of watch the <clears throat> the reader boards at major golf tournaments that are kind of like the stock market tickers. You know, they change all the time like that. And you can just watch her kind of go boom, 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 right up the ladder. And that that was impressive. Yeah. And, and she she made it. You know, she she was posting that score and coming up the board that made Allison Corpus have to keep executing shots. I mean, you have to play. I think I said it. You have to play through the finish line because it's never over until it's over. And even on that 18th hole, shoot, anything can happen. I mean, she could have pull hooked it into the water and ended up with double or worse. Um, But that didn't happen. But you never know. Crazier things happen. And especially 17. 17 is not the easiest part three either. No, it's not. It is. I've never played it. I've seen it. I've never played it, but <clears throat> I would just make sure I had a couple of dozen Bridgestones or something in my bag. And, and then I would probably be all right. I would eventually get there. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Kay Cockrell and finish this up on grilling at the green right after this. Hi everybody. It's JT. And this is a special version of grilling at the green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We'd like to thank the folks again at Painted Hills and Birdie Ball for um supporting the show and uh we really want to thank kay cockrell for even though i'm jealous because she's sitting in flagstaff right now and uh what on a personal note what made you and and your husband decide just to kind of pull up and get an airstream and see the country i think i think it came on the back end of covid and just the fact that you got to go out and do things before your time is up and and while you're while you can we wanted to get out and explore the US and really hit national parks and do these do the longer hikes do the 8 10 12 plus mile hikes with a couple thousand feet elevation change not just the little 2 or 3 mile flat hike around the visitor center <laughs> yeah and um he'd been working in baseball for the San Francisco Giants for 27 years. He'd been in baseball for 31 years and he had a great run and just felt like he wanted a couple years away from, from work. And he retired from the Giants and said, let's hit the road. You can still work as a commentator. We'll hit some of the tournaments that you work together. Um, and then on, on occasion, when I have to get to the other side of the country or somewhere really fast, I'll fly and then he'll pick me up on the back end. And yeah, it's just a way that we can see a lot more of the U.S. You, you fly over and you see a lot of things yeah. from the airplane, but there's nothing really like 
hitting the road and going through these small towns and stopping at a little random spot and having a deli sandwich or um, just just finding some state and local parks as well. Oh, good for you. Good for mm-hmm. you. I'm, I'm not going to let my wife listen to this show because she re- she retired officially last year and then they hired her back on a contract and that contract ended about three weeks ago. Anyway, she has made mention of let's get a, uh, you know, a, a nice trailer and let's just move around and all that. That's like, I spent, you should do it. Give it a try. You can always rent one one for a couple weeks or a month and give it a go. Yeah. I spent 37 years K beating around airports going all over the world. And so I'm like, well, I'll go to Walmart with you. (laughs) You I I don't, I, you know, like that, but I'm, I got a feeling we are going to do that. Um, Put on your Kreskin hat here for a second K and, or Karnak, but that was the one Carson used to do. Uh, golf is up across the country, and we were suffering from some viewer fatigue, according to some things I had read. But I think, I think last weekend cured that. But give us your thoughts on all that. On on just golf on, on golf and where it's going, and it's you know the numbers are up. Yeah, I mean, I think golf is very popular right now. Um, a lot of athletes, a lot of, of people in the entertainment business love to play golf. Um, people kind of gravitated back to golf during COVID because it mm-hmm. was something they could do. Once some golf courses were closed, certainly during the um, apex of it. But I think it's just, you know, it's a saturated market with all kinds of possibilities, things to watch on TV, you know. Um, but I think that golf is a lifestyle and it's a peaceful sort of uplifting, calming, enjoyable thing to watch. And whether you, maybe people don't sit down and watch the entire two, three, four, five, six plus hour telecast, but it's comforting to know it's there. Like you just turn it on and have it in the background while you're putzing around the house. It's kind of like the same way for um, my husband and I, we've always loved baseball and with him working in the baseball world we just always have the game on in the background and yes we'd sit down and watch a few innings or you you know you kind of focus in on it but it's just like to me it's like comforting to have it on in in the background and um i think golf isn't going anywhere it's going to be something people are always going to want to watch but like you said i think there's still um an open market for the women's game and the women's game is enjoyable because we have a very diverse group of women playing from every corner of the world and you have women of all sizes and shapes and our game is probably is closer to the average man's game in terms of the distance they hit it and the clubs they use so maybe the men that are hitting at 325 330 yards is wow that's a wow factor but real realistically are, is is Rory's game like your game or is um, Allison Corpus maybe a little bit closer to how you can work your way around the golf course? Probably in my case, neither one. But <laughs> it, uh, anyway, Kay Cockrell, Kay's going to stick around for after hours. <clears throat> but uh, it's always a pleasure to see you and talk to you. And uh, you just keep up that good work. 
Thank you. I intend to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to get out of here. We'll be back next week. Remember what I say, go out, play golf, be kind to people. And uh, Kay's going to stick around for after hours, like I said. So that will be fun. See you next week. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.